Millennial Way, a podcast made for the on-the-go millennial, giving you tips and advice on how to up-level your career, teaching you the things they don't teach you in school. When they ask why, just tell them it's the Millennial Way. Here's your host, Chase Coleman. Welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Way. I am so excited to have you guys back here with me today. Today we have an awesome and very, very, very special guest with us today. Donald Payne, a.k.a. The Payne Train, number 52 from the Jacksonville Jaguars, is here to join us today. A good friend of mine, a buddy from college, and um, quite frankly, we both had a 7 on our jersey. He just happened to be number 7. I was 27. But I'm so excited for, to have him on the episode today. I'm so excited to have him on today's show. Donald is going to share all about his journey to the league, what it's like to break barriers, to move through adversity and really truly just put what everybody else is putting to the wayside and keep your end goal in sight. And with that being said, I don't want to take up too much time before we dive into this because I am so pumped to have Donald on. So let's get it popping. Donald, thank you again so much for joining us today. I am super excited to have you on the show. I know that everybody that's tuned in today is more than excited to have you on the show. Um, so first, first topic today is obviously your journey mm-hmm. to the NFL, right? We went and played football together at Stetson. We're both from Atlanta, believe it or not. Um, and I was lucky enough to even be on the dang field with you at times, seeing you fly around <laughs> the field. But <laughs> and, and now watching you play for the Jaguars, man, it's really inspiring. It's really awesome. And quite frankly, like, I, I got my 52 jersey, and you know I'd be rocking that every Sunday. So I, I know that the people would love to just hear a little bit more about your journey um, and getting to the NFL and, you know, all the, the ups and downs that come with it, but also how you've, you've continued to flourish and, and continue to move forward in, in your career. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you having me on the podcast. And you've been my bro, you know, 2012, 2016. So I appreciate <laughs> you having me on. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't miss the chance to hop on with you. But, uh, yeah, like you were saying, man, uh, it's been a long journey. Uh, it definitely was a long journey. Uh, uh, I, I'm not even going to even start on start at high school. You know, I kind of started – I started in high school just because, you know, you played on, you know, an all-state, you know, all-state basketball team, won a state championship yeah. game in uh, basketball. Um, you know, I'm Landmark Christian down in Atlanta. We went to the state championship games with football. So, you know, we had that, you know, athletic blood running our veins. You know, we wanted to continue it. Winning college, blood. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, we just wanted to continue continue with college, and you know, push comes to shove, you know, we looking for scholarship, looking for stuff like that, and you know, and we both ended up at Stetson, and you know, I thought I was, uh, I thought I could go to a bigger school other than Stetson, you know, I was sending out my film, you know, to mm-hmm. LSU, you know, to Georgia, UGA, I was like, okay, let me do a little smaller, let me go Georgia Southern, let me go Georgia State, you know, and I wasn't even yep. getting, I wasn't getting any love really, and uh, I mean, it kind of put me down a little bit, and then uh. Probably the same way that happened to you, Coach Hughes walks into the school. He says, hey, we're starting a football program. We're Stetson. I said, what is Stetson? And what is a, what is a hatter? Like, I have no idea what this is. Like, what are you talking about? Y'all play football, football? Yeah, we're D1. Yo, y'all are D1? Oh, and then that changed, you know, that changed our mind. We was like, oh, y'all changes everybody's D1. mind. And then they say D1 with no scholarship. And I said, wait, what? What type of mess is this? You know, I mean, that's mm-hmm. how everybody, you know, 
pretty sure that how everybody who came in that first year, you know, kind of kind of saw it. And then, uh, but push came to shove, and you know, my mom we took a visit. My mom liked the school, and then you know, I ended up at Stetson. And you know, I didn't think much of it when I went there, but at the same time, I think the same way with you is that we knew we could be, you know, pioneers. You know, we were gonna be the first Absolutely. program, first like the starting the program back since like the 1950s. So we had that mentality going in. I know you. I know you know. Um, I was talking about this with Jeremy Singleton, one of our good friends, a little while ago, that we all came in wanting to be the man. We all came in, hey, wanting to be a captain. Exactly. We knew at the end of the day, it's 120 freshmen, and uh, I was you, whoever you know wins the positions is going to be able to start all four years. And you don't even see that in college. Yeah. Rarely. Rarely do you see exactly. that even at the University of Alabama. You know, guys sit behind people. So, you know, going into it, I was like, man, I'm going to take this opportunity because I could start all four years. I could be a leader for all four years. And um, at that point, you know, we went into steps, and, you know, a lot of people don't know, even people on the Jags, they don't understand, you know, what we went through, you know, me personally, oh, what I man. went through, and then what a what a, as a startup program, what a startup program goes through. We went through coming into fall of 2012, I believe, and we knew the whole 2012 we would have no football games. We would just have practice. We practice each other all day, every day. Monday through Friday, we would practice with each other. And then Saturday, Saturday, it would just be a scrimmage, and the fans would come out, and we would play a scrimmage on our practice field. And that's what we did. And for sometimes the they would go for forever. Exactly, exactly, bro. And we went for that for a whole entire year. Just imagine getting the same person over and over and over again. Then on Saturday, the only difference was, we had music and, and fans and lawn chairs out there. That was the only thing. So a lot, a lot of people don't understand that. And think about, think about 120 freshmen. There's no, uh, there's no upperclassmen to show us the ropes. There's no, mm-hmm. you know, upperclassmen to tell, me, tell us this is bad, this is good, you know, you should do this, you should not do that. There was nobody telling us that. And then we had the mindset of, I know me and a couple other, you know, the, you know what, what is uh, the crew, you know, you, you know, we had a couple groups, you know, a couple clicks around in the football team. One was called Crew, which Chase was part of, and then TTU. That was one I was a part of. And because you know, y'all were too it, turned yeah, up. Yeah, the mindset. Huh? What'd you say? I said that's because y'all were way too turned up. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we just had the mindset <laughs> of like, hey, like we don't have any games this year. Hey, we can go out the night before practice. Like if we mess up during practice, and does it matter? We don't play a game for another year. Like who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, it would be like. You know, and we were all 18-year-olds, had nobody to, you know, to guide us, you know. I mean, we had Coach Young and Coach Hughes, you know, they, they, did, a, they did a great job, you know, in, uh, in, in teaching us to be men. But at that same time, we had no upperclassmen to tell us, you know, right from wrong, even though we know right from wrong, but as in a college sense, you know, we all just thinking, of, yeah. you know, at that moment, at that time, I think the biggest show out for college students, for college boys, was um, Blue Mountain State. I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, yeah, that was that definitely point. huge. That was definitely huge at that time in around the 2000-2013 era. So going into college, all we thinking about is, hey, college is going to be like Blue Mountain State, you man. That's going to be how college is. And guess what? <laughs> we, the whole freshman year, it might as well have been. Our, so you know, so we went around, you know, you know, partying, doing stupid stuff, and um, and it was just that type of atmosphere, and we had. Nobody, but then going into our real freshman year, you know, we had some really good coaches, Coach Saparito, who coaches at Sacred Heart now, 
Um, yeah, he really he was a DB coach, took us under his belt, you know, and taught us the ropes. And Coach Young, you know, he was a hard nose, but you know, he always kept it real at the end of the day. And uh, and, he and it was just so crazy much. things was going on. We didn't have we didn't have a weight room the whole first year. We had to work out in the rec room just like the rest of the students um, for the whole first semester of school. We had meetings mm-hmm. in the Lynn Business Center, which is the same place we have classes in. Um, <laughs> So it was just so much, so many different things, you know. No people, that people just think, you know, when they see me, oh, you made it to the league from steps, and you know, they don't know the grind we had to go through, or the, or the little, the little nuances that you know popped up every now and then, you know. Um, exactly. From exactly. Program, from a startup program, but um, but then basically, you know, we went. Um, and you told me during that time, or even my uh, sophomore year, which was my red shirt freshman year. So my red shirt freshman year, if you would have told me, hey, you. You have a chance to play in the league at that point. I would have been like, "Ah, uh, you BSing!" Like I didn't really think too much of it, you know. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't think of the NFL. All I wanted to do was, you know, be a captain on set. At that, my mindset at that point was being a captain and, you know, just trying to make a play. You know, it, I used to be out of position all the time, freshman and sophomore year, because my I was just like, "Man, let me make a play." And um, yeah, well, you were making them. That's for sure. And then freshman year, uh, well, redshirt freshman year, you know, it, I got into a an incident uh, in school, and we we won our first we won our first inaugural football game um, against Warner. It was a great game. I got Player of the Week that game. The next game we had um, Florida Tech, um, and it came down to the wire. Came down to the wire. Florida Tech was a new startup program too, and we lost that game. Still got Conference Player of the Week again. So going into his mm-hmm. third game, so, you know, I'm feeling high and mighty at this point. I'm like, man, like, I would have never thought it. The first game, I get national, you know, one of the national player of the weeks. I get uh, oh, player yeah. of the week for the conference two weeks in a row. So I'm feeling good, you know. So and to going into the and, – and to me, and I, I didn't even feel like I was, at, I was at my best. I was just feel like I was out there, you know, just enjoying the time, enjoying the life, you know, being out there. And then Birmingham Southern was coming up, our third game of the season. And yep. – I was feeling high and mighty at that point and uh, got into a little incident and I ran my mouth a little bit too much to um, to somebody in authority at our school and I was had to sit out the first game of the Birmingham Southern game. And that's when I realized, like, man, this really hurts out sitting out. Like, this really hurt when I was sitting mm-hmm. out. And I told myself, hey, like, I'm never going to put myself or my team in jeopardy where I would have to sit out ever again, you know. Um, yeah. So I missed the first quarter of that game, still came back and made player of the week for the conference. And that was the first time anybody got three weeks in a row player, player like you know conference player of the year three times in a row. And I didn't even play the whole first quarter, which was crazy. I was about to say you didn't even play the entire game, and you still still did it three weeks in a row. So you know that was that was just a crazy crazy thing. And so after the end of that season, I was like, man, it's, I'm feeling good. You know, we went to the second season. We thought we were going to be, you know, that was the best season Stetson had ever had up until this past year. You know, Stetson you yep. know, broke the record. At Shout the out to the boys. Season. This past year, they did a great job. Yes, sir, they did. You know, I went to I went to two games this year. And, you know, best record in school history. You know, this past year, so I'm proud of them boys down there. But um, our sophomore year, me and your sophomore year, we um, well, it was our junior year, sophomore season. Um, we ended up making you know having the best record in school history. Uh, uh, I mean, we had ended up having the best record yet. You know, we won five games. We a lot of games came down to the wire and. That season was the uh, was the year I had thirty tackles in one game against Campbell at oh, Campbell. Yeah, and that was game. That was crazy. <laughs> that was one of the craziest games I ever played, and uh, 
Uh, and I, at the end of the game, I didn't even realize I had 30 tackles. You know, I thought I maybe hit 20, you know, 22 maybe. And then when Ricky Hazel, our um, our media our media guy, he came and told me, hey, you got 30 tackles in this game. The NCAA actually came, had to call um, call Stetson and make a, make them go through the film over again to make sure it was 30 tackles. Yeah, <laughs> you know that was just a crazy experience, and you know I love going out of my boys. Ryan Powers ended up getting the game winning interception. Um, so, yeah. you know, it was just – so that season, I just felt there's so much camaraderie with the team. And, you know, after that end of that season, I was like, man, like, that was my first All-American year, got named uh, All-American. That was my first year getting played Conference Player of the Year. So, you know, I was in I was in my groove. I was feeling happy, you know. And at the same time, like, it was just, it was just so humbling, you know, um, just to see how much my teammates cared for that, like, when it, when it came yeah. out. I'm not even the first person who told like Glenn was the first person who, you know, told me, Hey bro, you got player you got conference player of the year and I was like, Oh, for real? Like, you know, that's pretty cool, you know, whatever. That's so like, awesome. I didn't think much of it. I was like, Man, I mean, um uh, but uh, you know, it was just I was so happy, you know, to see everybody happy for me, you know. I mean it really and they really kept me humble the whole entire time. Like Glenn and Davion I always be like, Man, you ain't that far. I should have won it actually. You know, like <laughs> and that's how that's how that's how the personalities on our team was and you know I just loved it so much, um, and you know I had a great experience with Stetson, you know, and um, and I ended up getting a conference player of the year three years in a row, my sophomore, junior, and senior, senior season, making All American all three of those years as well, and so oh, yeah. it was really a blessing. But going into my senior year, that's when Coach Hughes and Coach Young sat down with me and said, "Hey, you actually have an opportunity to make it to the next level." And of course, in my head, I was like, "Man, they BSing, like they just chatting," and. Literally, they was like, no, like, you have the chance to make it to the next level. And then I didn't even realize until um, my senior year, even during fall camp, you know, the NFL team started coming out of watching the Vikings came out, yeah. you know, the Titans came out, you know, to practices. And I'm just like, man, like, this is for real. Like, like, and I was never considered, I mean, I would never consider myself, or Coach Young would never consider myself, Donna was a, a practice player. Like, I made plays in practice, but, yeah. you know, um, I would never consider a practice player, uh, you know, you know, be the, uh, and that's you weren't like the the scout team all star. Like you weren't the scout team hero who's going hard for no reason just because it was practice. Like correct, you know, to, correct. To explain that a little bit more, keep going. Yeah, but Coach keep Young going. sat down with me and said, "Hey, you know, um, you know, if you want to make it to this next level, like they're going to want to know if you're a practice player." And I wanted to tell them that, and I'm not going to lie, I BS them because you, you know, because I love you. And so that I think that senior season, like I definitely went a lot harder in practice. And I, you know, even though you know going against freshmen and sophomores, you know, you know, I was I, I would took it a little easy. It was there was no reason to go super hard. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but definitely, you're not I, trying I to kill them. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, you know how it is. You know how it is out there on the practice field. Um, not trying to hurt nobody or anything like that. But um, but yeah, and you can just I just know there's so many different like situations. You know that, you know, that we went through at sets and just having that midnight – we had a midnight run that, you know, went on for a couple of years. Oh, we my had Lord. yeah. Running to the stadium in the middle of the night. You know, we had to, we had everybody who was hurt in the back of – in the trunks of cars and and then on, on trunk beds, you know. And, you know, the cops, you know, we were going down the middle of the streets, blocking off the road, and the cops called Coach Hughes saying that, you know, we don't need to <laughs> – uh, that we don't need to be, you know, blocking the street or whatever. Coach Hughes calls us and say, "Hey, I love the dedication, but you know, get out the street, you know, <laughs> get, get out the, the street, fellas." 
but yeah, so it was a, it was a definitely a great experience. That you know, I still have brothers brothers for life there. Um, and it was funny because we used to always talk mess about Stetson while we was there, and then it, I realized I was like, man, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought of I wouldn't have done it any other way. You know, to be honest, I wouldn't yeah. have done it any other way. I've had a, I had a couple chances to transfer after my sophomore season um, to bigger name schools. But uh, tried down with Coach Young. He said, "Hey, this is the best bet for you. You have your friends here. You have, you know, people that care about you here, and you would have to go there and start over. And they're just going to say, they're going to say what the hey, what people, what the media was saying when I was getting ready, you know, to come to the league. Hey, he didn't play against anybody. He didn't have any competition. Blah 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 blah. So mm-hmm. I was I was happy that I was able to stick with it. You know, so going into pro day, um, you know, I was um, I finally picked my agent, and I realized I was like, hey man, I think." Uh, um, he he said he think he gave me a fifty percent, a fifty to sixty percent chance of getting drafted, and I was like, you know, that's oh, kind of wow. high, you know, that's that's kind of good. And I worked my tail off during the off season training. I trained at Chip Smith in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, with a, with a lot of other um, uh, NFL caliber athletes um, on pro day training. You know, me and Davion had our pro day at Daytona. Um, at uh, we had our pro day at Bethune Cookman's pro day. The crazy thing about this okay. situation, it was it made me it made me so mad. So we were supposed to have our pro day at UCF, which is definitely a bigger school, bigger names. They had a uh, mm-hmm. Griffin, um the cornerback for the Seahawks, they had him working out there and a lot of scouts were wondering where I would be participating. I was supposed to participate at UCF. Um okay. uh, Coach Hughes had talked to him and me and Davion was supposed to participate at UCF. Um and there was a lot of other smaller schools trying to get their players in. But UCF was saying, no, we're only taking two. It's going to be Davion and Donald. And so we have been okay. training this whole time to have our pro day at UCF. And um, a lot of other smaller schools and even bigger schools were saying, hey, we want to have our players at UCF. Uh, we want to, like FIU players and FAU players. Like, hey, we want to have a couple of our players at, at UCF. And the coach was like, no, we're not having – I want it to be my players. And yeah. we're going to have Donald and Davion from Stetson. And that's it. And it was like, okay, cool, okay, we're gonna do that. And um, he, the coach, UCF coach, has got so much backlash from other schools saying, hey, you're letting them go though. You're letting Donald and Davion, the Stetson kids go. You're letting them go. The, the head coach said, man, I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore at all. They're not coming there at all either. They have to find somewhere else. We're only gonna have UCF players there. So I'm wow. we're, so, And this was two. This was a week and a half before pro day. So I'm hurt. I'm like, I know that basically all 32 scouts were going to be, all 32 teams were going to be at the UCF Pro Day. So now I'm like Coach Hughes and Coach Young are, are doing all the motions, calling all these people trying to get me in Pro Days, and they got me in the Bethune-Cookman Pro Day, um, and they also got me in the Florida Tech Pro Day. So me and Dave Brown were really, you know, hurt about that, and then we ended up at the, at the Bethune-Cookman Pro Day. Only eight teams there compared to the 32 that have been at UCF. So oh, I was man. really hurt. Okay. Um, yeah. I was really hurt about that, you know, just it was such a bigger stage, you know, the facilities are better, bigger stage, they had the indoor with the turf, you know. Um yeah. there was so many things, you know, reasons why we wanted to be at UCF and so that's that's I mean, that's like a little school problem. Like big schools have to worry about stuff like that. That's a little school problem. Um uh so small school problem, let's say little school, small school problem. So, um so yeah, but at the end of the day, me and Dave Young went out there and we put up some great numbers. You know, I ran a four 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 eight. You know, I done the thirty yep. was thirty six and a half, thirty seven and a half. One of them, and uh, I put up some great numbers. Dave Young put up some great numbers as well. And you know, from that day, you know, my agent said, "Hey, I think it's fifty six percent, fifty to sixty percent chance." And um, then so fifty fifty 
sixty uh, percent of getting drafted. And I was like, those are pretty. Those are pretty good odds. I was like, had fifty fifty. I said, okay, that's pretty good. Odds. So I ended up having a little. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, huh? I said, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take fifty fifty. I'll take that definitely. Definitely. So I had a little um, NFL draft party. Not really, just like an NFL draft watch. How about I had it on the third day, on day three. Coach Young actually came up from DeLand and came to my house in Atlanta. So I had a, a lot of uh, families and friends over at that time. And we just, you know, we sat and watched the thing. So crazy thing is, NFL Network had showed some. They said, hey, who's a sleeper? It was just going through the draft. Who's a sleeper player? And they named out, hey, Donald Payne from Stetson. And yep. Coach Jones like was on the phone with Missy Vett, who was um, um, uh, who was kind of like the secretary for the football team at the time. And yeah, she was like, "Hey, you need to call. You, hey, turn the NFL Network right now. Come up. NFL Network has a clip, has you know a whole segment of me playing and talking about Coach Hughes and Stetson, Stetson football. At that moment, we thought I was getting drafted. We turned it on and we didn't know it was just a oh, clip. All we see is Donald Payne at the bottom of the tip, at the bottom of the screen. Donald Payne." Uh, strong safety steps in, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm getting drafted. I'm getting drafted. Where I'm going, I'm going. And they were just actually showing on if I never, they were showing clips of sleeper players that might get picked today. So okay. you know, I was really hyped. I'm thinking I'm getting drafted when they really was showing a clip of me. And you know, uh, so long story short, basically, um, I went. Uh, the rest of the night went on. Didn't get drafted. You know, I was on the phone. Coach Young was on the phone with Coach Holt, who was a coach for the Raiders who coached for us, yep. you know, Coach Holt, coached for the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, he was our offensive line coach. He coached for the Raiders at that time. And Coach Holt said, hey, you know, our special teams coach and our defensive coach, you know, they like Donald, you know, they might take him, you know. And so I knew the Raiders had two more picks left. And so we just waited for the Raiders came around. And Coach Holt said, hey, we, they might be picking them. It might, it might be this one. I don't know yet. I'm not, hey, we're going to see. We're going to see. And, you know, my name never got called that night. Um um, and I actually got a – and that, that kind of disheartened me a little bit. But I was like, hey, it's okay. I know I'm going to get a free agent bid. I know I'm getting a free yeah. agent bid. So I went out that whole night, and uh, Baltimore had called and wanted me as a – uh, you know, uh, signed me as a free agent, you know, undrafted free agent. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm thinking it's a done deal. This is happening right after the draft. Then right after the yeah. draft – they call they call my agent back and say, Hey, hey, no, no, no. We can take him on the rookie tryout, but we can't take him as an undrafted free agent. And I said, Tryout, what is that? He said, When you go up there for rookie minicamp, you're basically trying out for the team. As an undrafted uh, oh, wow. uh, free agent, you actually sign and you're on the team. You're gonna get paid. You're automatic like you're gonna be on the team. So I'm like, Wow, they want me as a tryout now? I said, No way, I'm not a tryout player. I say I put up too many like this is one like this is one of the times that like, I always try to stay as humble as I can and uh just not always, you know, speak about, you know, what I've done. But at times like that, yeah. I mean, I think it's hard for when when you feel like your your pride has been taken or anything like that. And like I just sat down, I said and I was like just looking at my mom, mama, I made too many plays. I got a million and one plaques upstairs million and one plaques upstairs for from Stetson. Uh from, you know, the Pioneer Converse, from being an all American, from being a player of the week, yeah. from being you know, um, I was the first team all conference all four years. Only two other people in the whole conference have ever done that, and they've been around since the '80s. Like, yeah. what? Like, <laughs> what else do I have to do, Mama? And so I was just really hurt at that time. And uh, Minnesota called for a tryout. Another a couple teams called for a tryout. And I said, Josh, my, who was my agent, Josh Apple. Um, I said, Hey, man, you know, 
Like, I'm not a tryout player. Like, I put too much work in. I work my butt off. I work my tail off to be in this, but I'm not a tryout player. And he called the Baltimore back, and they called me back, and it was like, hey, they actually want you as an undrafted free agent now. They don't want to sign you. And I was like, thank God. And it was like, Let's the catch is, I said, um, they would like you to play linebacker, not uh, linebacker, not DB. And I said, oh, wow. So at this whole time, I had been training as a DB. This mm-hmm. whole camp, the, the whole throughout the whole you know pro day training, they said me was switch me a linebacker. So um, I think the biggest jump for me making it. Um, and so at, at that point, it was a blessing. You know, I worked my tail off all throughout camp. You know, at Baltimore, worked my butt off. Uh, had a had a, a pretty good, I would say a a pretty a, a pretty good preseason. You know, I made forced fumbles. Um, finished finished um, the last game of the season with. 13 tackles against the Saints yeah. in the last preseason game. And I think the biggest move for me was not only, you know, some rookies have to go from just adjusting to the pro life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just adjusting to being a pro, how pros act, how pros conduct themselves. You know, pros conduct pros conduct themselves in a way different manner that college athletes do. And I think not Absolutely. only did I have to have that transition, but also had to, you know, change from being a safety to a linebacker. So there was some days, you know, the linebacker coach at uh, the Ravens had, like, told me to stay later and, you know, catch up on doing linebacker stuff, as in, you know, DB stuff. You know, my hips were good. You know, my feet were good because I played DB at the same time. There's different, you know, movements and different aspects of being a linebacker. And your reads you know? are different. So, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of different. Yeah, there was some certain them, like things I didn't that. know going. What would you say? Sorry. I, I was just saying, like, but like you said, like the athletic ability – remains the same, right? Whether you play D end, middle linebacker, safety, like you had all of the intangibles there. It was just a matter of getting your head on the right place to say like, oh, this is my read now instead of looking at mm-hmm. you know, the quarterback or the tight end, I'm actually looking at the guard or the or the center and he's gonna <laughs> tell me where I need to go. Right? Exactly, precisely, bro. Like it was uh it was definitely something new for me knowing knowing, you know, um Knowing the shades of D tackles and D ends, that was like he's yeah. in a he's in a he's in a thirty stack, you know. He's in a thirty, he's in a fifty, he's in a seventy. At safety, I bet I bet you ask half the safeties in the NFL, and they can't tell you. <laughs> I swear, I swear they won't. They can't tell you what that D end should be lined up in because that's not their responsibility. Um, but as a exactly. linebacker, it is your responsibility. Um, uh, and we ran a three three five, you know, at Stetson, so you know it was definitely you know, different moving from that position, moving the linebacker. But, um, you know, but I worked my tail off to make sure I'm, uh, I was in the film room studying linebackers, you know, studying, you know. Um, and I think the first year, like, the first couple steps I took into the Baltimore facility, you know, was so, like, mesmerizing, you know, because yeah. we all dream of it. We all dream of it every day. Like, when we was little kids, we all dreamed about being on Madden. We all dreamed You're about playing. Right. Like, first day walk in, I see – Joe Flacco over there playing cards, like just playing cards with somebody in the locker room. I'm just like, man, this is Joe Flacco, bro. Like, this when he won the Super Bowl 2013. Like, like. And he's just chilling. Like, what? Yeah, this T Suggs. I'm, I'm, I'm across. So I was locker mates with T Suggs. He's across the way from me. He's calling me. Oh my me, you know, lord. Hey D, you know, hey D, throw me my cleats real quick. I'm like, all right, I got you. I got you, Sug. I got you. I got you. <laughs> like, you know, it was just, it was just crazy, you know. So. You know, um, just seeing him, he's a Hall of Famer, you know. So just seeing all the exactly. people, seeing Coach Harbaugh, you know, uh, Coach Harbaugh, you know, when I first walked in. And then it, and it's and it's really quick, though. Like, you can't 
you can't look at it or lean on it for too long, be mesmerized for too long. Because at the end of the day, I'm trying to make the team. I'm trying to make my name. So yeah. at the end of the day, you know, I can be starstruck all I want. But then after I have to get to work, you know. So I think the starstruck exactly. was you. I was starstruck for maybe you know, you know maybe maybe a week or so. And after that, oh, it's time to ball. Like it's time to go. It's time to go and get my spot on the team. And you know, um, at the end of the day, I thought that I would be on P Squad. I thought they were gonna put me on. I knew I knew I made it. I, I did well enough. But I thought they mm-hmm. were gonna put me on. So the Ravens had a coach Harbaugh had came to talk to me after the last preseason game. Said, hey. We love what you did out there. You know, I had to miss one preseason game because of injury. So I think that set me back yeah. a little bit as in making the 53 on their team. But um, it was a blessing. I was able to go to New Orleans. Um, I got to see my uncle who uh, who had never seen me play, uh, who only seen me play twice in college. And he was the one who, you know, uh, he, he loved football, you know. And he actually he passed two years ago. So he was never able to see me. The only NFL game he was able to see me was the NFL was the preseason game in New Orleans. Um, oh man! And he just he's always talked to me. He's always talked to me at Stetson about you know holding up with injuries, you know, just keeping my head, getting the playbook and everything. He only got to see me play two times in his whole entire life, you know, because he's from uh, Louisiana. But uh, yeah. But his uh, but his wife and uh, my auntie and uh, my cousin, his uh, his daughter said, hey. That's the best. That's one of the best things he ever done. He got to do was see you play. See you play before he passed. Um, that's amazing. So, you know, um, yeah. So it was totally blessing that Uncle Mike. He's called Terry, but Uncle Terry got to see me play, and then he passed last year. And since I met, we made it to the league and had some money. I actually helped pay for the funeral. So um, that's the least Man. I could do for him after all he's done for me. You know, had done for me and my family. You know, and helped me because he was definitely the main person I talked to about football. Uh, talked about football, my family. Um, so yeah, so I think that whole New Orleans atmosphere, that game, you know, coming out, you know, it was almost like like uh, it was so many, so much things going through my head. So, um, do you remember um, uh, Nick Blakely? Yeah, I remember Nick Blakely. Uh, yeah, he pe- you know, who passed away from uh, Stetson. Um, yeah. Um, around I would think it was August of two thousand seventeen is when he passed yeah. um at football practice. So Nick Blakely, he was a freshman at Stetson when I was there and he had, and so we, we had a actually pretty we had a pretty like cool relationship. It was more like a you know how you know how seniors treat freshmen, you know, I'm picking on them saying, Bro, you ain't nobody, boy, I'll knock you out, but you know, <laughs> you know hit him in practice, yeah. hit him in Give him a show their practice for no reason. Be like, boy, boy, you're ugly, boy. Say stuff like that. You know, just just talk mess with them. And um, you know, and that's kind of our relationship. And when I left, he was, and he literally said, like, when he left, when I left, he literally says to uh, you know, coaches or somebody else or it was a media guy. He said, hey, I'm, hey, I'm coming to take Donald's spot. I'm breaking all your records. I'm breaking them all. And I'm like, bro, that's a lot of records mm-hmm. to break. He was, I'm dead serious. I'm breaking them all. And I was like, and that was Blake mindset. Blake, uh, um. Uh, I said, uh, Nick. I said, Blake. Sorry about that. Uh, Nick. Nick Blakely. Uh, yeah, that was his Blakely. mindset, and uh, and you know, uh, he had some really close boys on the team. And then you know, August 2017, you know, a tragedy happened, and he passed away at practice. Um, while at practice, and uh, I know it was nationwide news, uh, him passing away, mm-hmm. and it was really, you know, it's really a sad, sad moment for the football team. It was a sad moment for me. It was a sad moment for his family. You know, I still pray for his family to this day. You know. I know that's the hardest thing is, you know, to bury to bury a child, and 
I know it has to be. And um, and I just um, – and he actually passed two days before the New Orleans game. So oh, man. going into the game, I had had a pretty good preseason game, too, versus Miami Dolphins. Had a forced fumble, had about four tackles, you know. Uh, then I missed the third game. So going into the fourth game, I knew if I did not, you know, put a good foot forward, just because I missed the third game, I didn't think I played bad or did bad in camp. I just knew that yeah. if I didn't put up and uh, put a good foot forward, a good foot forward, then you know I might not even make it. I might not make it the team, or I might only make practice squad, or I, they might just cut me all together. So going into that game, yeah. and then secondly, you know Nick passed. I'm like, man, like this person, like I played football with somebody I know, like who passed away, um, playing football with, and he was doing something. It wasn't, you know. Christ, it was he was doing something he loved at, at the same time. Then my uncle, who had never seen me play other than one time, which was three years prior, um, was at the game because it was in New Orleans. My family's from Louisiana. So I was mm-hmm. like, I had so much on my mind at that game. I was like, man, I know I got a ball out, you know. And Nick just passed away, and my uncle's here. You know, he's really sick. You know, he's in a wheelchair. Um, like he's here to see me play, you know, for the, uh, for the first time in the NFL game. So after that game, you know, I just – like it was, I was doing things, you know. I, I I just went, I just went in berserk. I was just running, making plays, making tackles. <laughs> but it wasn't at Stetson. It wasn't at you know at Spec Martin in D Land, Florida. It was on the yeah. national stage in a, in a, in a preseason. In a, in a it was preseason game, but still an NFL game, strapping up, you know. In the Superdome. You know, exactly in the Superdome. And after that game, you know, you know, Coach Harbaugh said, "Hey, we want to put you on practice squad." Um, and I was like, okay. So I packed up my locker. I put my locker in. And I seen TJ Jefferson, Tony Jefferson, I mean, and Eric Weddle. They seen me and said, where you going, DP? You going to make the team? I said, they, they was, I was like, P-Squad. They was like, yep, P-Squad. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. I mean, we'll see you on Monday. <laughs> and I, was like, yeah. I was like, all right, yeah, be on P-Squad. Then I woke up that day. So crazy story. I tell this story. I told this story like a million times. I woke up that day. They said, be back here at 12 to sign your practice squad contract. I said, okay. So I slept in, you know, slept in about 10.30, got something to eat, drove over to the Ravens facility, hopped out the car, went up, you know, went to the uh, meeting room where we were all supposed to meet. Sat mm-hmm. down, so it's about eight of the eight other players in there. We all supposed to basically get signed for practice squad. So they tell someone, they tell someone, hey, go up here and sign your practice squad contract. He said, all right, I'm about to go up there and do it. He said, uh, he looked at me and said, uh, so I got good news and bad news. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, I don't want no bad news. <laughs> I was like, I was like, in my head, the only thing I was saying in my head is, hey, I'm not about to make the team. Like, oh my gosh! Like, they don't even want me for practice squad. Like, this is ridiculous. He said, bad news is you're not going to be a Baltimore Raven. I'm like, oh my god! So what's the good news then? What do you mean? Good news is. You've been claimed off waivers to the 53 man roster of the Jaguars. And I'm like, yes. Oh, my Jesus. <laughs> and yes, I made the 53, you know, and that was totally a blessing. You know, I'm about to make the 53. So, so you know, big. I mean, that was, so that was so big, you know. And then it was just crazy because now I'm only an hour and a half from Stetson um, back down in Florida where, you know, I've been, you know, closer to Atlanta, back down in Florida where I've been the last five, six years of my life because of Stetson. Uh, so that was truly a blessing, and uh, and so from the, from that day forward, you know, I just been trying to put my best foot forward. You know, we had a great season my first year, one game one game away from the Super Bowl, losing to Tom Brady in the AFC Championship game, made got 
a game ball from, you know, from uh, got a game ball from that season, got a game ball, even though I only played yeah. eight games this season because of, because of my knee, I still got a game ball from this season from playing. So I've got two game balls from, um, from two different seasons, not even a starter. So I've gotten two game balls uh, from each season. So um, I'm just, you know, trying to stay as healthy as possible and just, you know, keep putting my best foot forward. And, uh, and it's crazy how they, and it's crazy because even when I first got to the, uh, the Ravens, they called me, you know, Stetson or called me Hatters. When I first mm-hmm. got to the Jaguars, they didn't say my name. They said, hey, Stetson. That's what they called me. And now, you know, people know about me. You know, they know Say Payne. You know, they know, you know, I oh, put my yeah. before when, when I'm on, whenever I'm on the field. And so, so it's truly been a blessing to be here. Um, it took a lot of hard work. It, it took a lot of things happening. Uh, but, you know, my support system, you know, my friends, you know, my family, you know, they definitely kept me grounded. And uh, uh, everybody, you know, just, just just has supported me through this, has, uh, has truly been a blessing. But, you know, it's only year two, you know. Um, I, I got plenty more years to go. <laughs> you got you got a lot more years and you have a, a much brighter future ahead of you, man. Like, I, I appreciate you going into so much detail on this because, honestly, like, you know, we've been friends since, like you said, 2012 and teammates and we've been – kind of moving and grooving through life is, as you know, I moved across the country and you've been going through your, your NFL journey. And I didn't even know all of those nitty gritty details. Right. But one thing that I do know is that all throughout your entire story, you've come up against roadblocks every single time where in high school roadblock, I don't know if I want to go to, you know, this Stetson school, what the hell is a Stetson get to college. And it's like, Oh man, I'm just going to play day by day. I'm going to grind it out. I'm going to play my game and I'm going to do what I need to do to be the best football player that I could be. And then you find out that you're going, that you have a chance to get, get to the NFL. Right. And then from there, you have a little bit more adversity by UCF kind of throwing you guys for a loop on pro day. And then draft day comes up and coach Holt kind of over promises a little bit, maybe, or something happens. And you're, you're thinking about like, Oh, I'm about to get drafted or I might not get drafted. And then, like you said, you weren't a practice player and you got calls from these teams and they're like, now we want to sign you for, rookie training camp we want you to try out and then you are strong enough to hold your pride and say you know what like I've been humble enough in my entire life this is the one time I get to hold on to it like no forget that like I am holding on to this because I I did way too much right and then they finally gave you that call back you end up playing for the Ravens and then next thing you know you end up making the 53-man roster in Jacksonville and Shoot, I've when every time I go on Twitter, I see new Donald Payne fans. Like you are the most loved person. And I've seen more more DP jerseys and lovers like in the stands, and I can't tell you this, man. I'm just so proud of of you and being and to be able to like you know have this conversation to be your friend to to really be able to kind of walk through your journey because as much as I've been along for that college aspect of it, like I it inspires me to even go out and do more. Cause I hear about stuff that happens in my daily life or, you know, I'm sitting in a meeting and, and people tell me no, no, no. Or they, they push back on something and I'm like, man, you know what? Forget it. Like I could just give in. It would be the easy thing to do. But at the end of the day, like doing the easy thing is never going to get you to, to your goals and where, what you want to accomplish. And I think you're a prime example of that. I appreciate that, brother. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's like you said, like, um, it's been a long road for all, a lot of people. You know, I one thing I um I always, you know, remembered, you know, even the dude that you think was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Everybody has been through something in their life. You know, some people, uh, yeah. you know, everybody always said born with a silver spoon or 
this and that, this and that. At the end of the day, you know, we've all been through, you know, trials and tribulations, somewhat or another at the same time, you know, I really I really do think you know most most people who are successful, you know, can can fight adversity well. You know, there's some people, you know, who Absolutely. who stay the course, but I I do feel like most people who are successful in this world, you know, um has can fight adversity well. Uh, um and I think that's a that's the main ingredient to being to being successful in this world. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And to kind of close this off, I want just to hear one last thing from you and if you had one tip or one, you know, piece of advice for, you know, college students or young professionals or anybody who is out there just looking for a little bit of inspiration. Do you have any type of advice that you would give them, and can you give it to them in, like, 30 seconds? Yeah. So I always said this. I talked about this when I was in college. I talked about this before I went to the league. Um, there was a lot of naysayers around um, around me making it to the league, you know, even people I knew naysayers. And I always told you know, the media and I always told coaches and those same people said, hey, I'm not here to prove the people who doubted me wrong. I'm not here to do that. The people who believe in me, I'm here to prove them right. I'm here to prove my mama right. I'm here I'm here to prove Coach Young and Coach Hughes right who believed in me. Those people who have doubt, don't do it for them. Do it for the people that believe in you. Try to prove them wrong. Try to prove them right. And those people who, you know, who doubt them, hey, don't worry about them. The people who believe in you, do right for them. I love that. That's, you know what? I needed to hear that. Shoot. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. Um, Donald, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Um, you know, I love you. You're my brother. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to be catching a game this year. I know I said that last year, um, but this year it's happening regardless of, of anything that comes up in the fall. Um and, sh- and shoot, like, we're all proud of you. To all the followers listening, Donald's number 52, easily my favorite linebacker in the league. He's got to be your favorite linebacker. <laughs> if you got if you got Madden, you got to put him in the game. That's the first thing that I do every single time. Um, <laughs> go Jags, first off. Go Jags. Not a big Blake Bortles fan. Uh, he is the boat, though. He's the best of all time, so I can't be mad at him. Um, that's my dog. But, <laughs> that's my dog. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just joking around right now. But, again, Donald, thank you. Thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to follow our blog at itsmillennialtalk.com. Follow us on social media at underscore millennial way on Instagram and Twitter.